Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Yes, it is a great day in the U.S for everybody involved, uh, I do believe. Hey, I'm telling you, if you weren't here, you'd be somewhere else. And right now, I can't think of anywhere else it'd be better to be than right here in the good old U.S. of A. Even with everything that is going on, even with everything that's being said and everybody that's being talked about and this particular uh, elephant, um, gorilla, in the American living room right now, of course, it's in the worldwide living room. It's called Corona uh, COVID-19, COVID-19, something that any of us who are alive right now, I'd say from um, oh, five uh, years old uh, up till uh, 95, whatever, uh, you will remember being alive during this time. Yeah. You'll remember being alive during this time, during the era of the COVID-19. That may be actually how it's remembered, the era of COVID-19, because, friends, this virus alone has changed the entire landscape of how we actually do business here in America. And uh, as far as health is concerned, the way we approach each other, it's it's changed. It's changed uh, the way we do business here in this country. And I'm not uh, here to say whether or that's good or bad or indifferent. I'm just here to state the fact that uh, just like after Vietnam, and I was alive then too, <laughs> been around a while. Just after Vietnam, something happened. Yeah, something happened in America that changed it. And you still feel the effects from that even today, you know. And I'm saying to you that um, after COVID-19, after the coronavirus, uh, there are things that are changing in um, America as we speak, we're watching them change before our very eyes. Seldom, seldom in our American history. In fact, I, I don't recall this. Uh, someone might out there, but I don't recall this. Seldom in our American history have I seen almost daily 
on the American television, um, the American president along with the American vice president side by side, um, sharing with the American people about a national, an international, a pandemic that is affecting everyone. I have I've not seen that. Tell you what I am seeing, too. I'm seeing um, breaths of fresh air being gulped in by the Democrats because they have a spokesman now much different, at least in uh, appearance than Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They have someone different, and, and he's taking, that person is taking on the um, um, shape of Mario, not Mario Cuomo, but Andrew Cuomo, Mario's son, uh, Chris Cuomo's elder brother, Mario's oldest son, and um, governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. I said this uh, yesterday. Don't be surprised since Cuomo's getting so many, so much FaceTime. You heard it here first that uh, when it comes time for a convention, when it comes time uh, nominating process at the convention, it, it it's not um, something that would be far-fetched to see the Democrats actually throw both of these candidates over for a younger, more articulate, uh, more powerful candidate like Cuomo, who I feel was wanting and was going to run anyway in 2024, but I be, uh, what I'm thinking is going to happen is that uh, Mario Cuomo's party, not Mario Cuomo, but Andrew Cuomo, Mar- Andrew Cuomo's uh, party needs him now. Uh, they would settle for Joe. Bernie, they're never going to settle, at least not now. They may settle four years from now. They may be, who Who knows? Who knew? Who knew that a Bernie Sanders could have? Listen, 10 years ago, there is no way a Bernie Sanders would have gotten anywhere close to the nomination of the Democrat Party. No way. No way. But here we are now, 10 years later. And had it not been for some hanky panky that Hillary Clinton uh, and, and, and little Debbie Wasserman Schultz pulled off. Bernie would have already have had the nomination of his party. His time was nearly four years ago. But Hillary decided that it would not be his time. Debbie Wasserman Schultz decided it would not be his time. And um, Bernie it's not going to be your time now either. In fact, your time will not come. <laughs> I know they, they would draft Andrew Cuomo at the convention, Bernie, before they would let you have the nomination. They would draft Cuomo. He is an acceptable socialist. He has run New York City basically into the ground. 
But he is an acceptable socialist because he doesn't appear to go totally cray cray like uh, you and Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie. You you and Ocasio-Cortez just take it a bridge too far. And there we are in the middle of a doggone bridge looking over the edges and you have the conservatives coming at you from one side and the left wing coming at you uh, from the other side. And you're and uh, Cortez are praying that the left loonies uh, are the ones who reach you, get to you first. Yeah. That's what you're you're hoping is that somehow they get to you first, the left loonies, your support, the cavalry, the people who help you and support you. But the president is doing a great job. Um, the uh, administration. uh can uh looks like medical beneficiaries can use um their telehealth services to um you know in fact the administration is asking the telehealth services to expand their operations and um they so that Medicare beneficiaries can use uh, telehealth no matter where they live. And that's important because this disease appears to be affecting those who are in the Medicare over 65 um, age group. That's who it's actually affecting. It's them. And so... um, I'm really amazed at how swift, how effective this president has been. Very, very amazed at that. And I am absolutely um, happy that somehow, thank God, we now have someone in the White House who is level-headed, even though, even though, hey, the... Uh, progressives, the, the, the progressives, the Democrats, you know, they complain about every, I mean, everything that he does. This president is doing a fantastic job at what he is doing. And the other day, oh, he's always getting these um, questions and they love to ask him these questions. He loves to answer them. They asked the president the other day, um, well, what kind of job are you do? What, what kind of grade would you give yourself uh, as far as the handling of this coronavirus is concerned? And you know what he said. You know what the president said. I would say the same thing. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to say, oh, no, I'm doing a horrible job or something like that? Or I'm doing a mediocre job? Or I'm doing an okay job? Oh, hey, I'm doing a great job. (laughs) Listen, I would never, ever want to be on the team of a quarterback 
who didn't think that he was the bomb. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, be on on that quarterback's uh, team. I don't want to be led. I play defensive back, uh, so I don't want to be led by a defensive captain who do, don't think we can stop him. Huh? I need we, we America right now. We uh, have the advantage. We have the benefit of being in a situation where we have a leader at the helm who believes we can win and who believes he's a winner, who is a winner, has been a winner, wants to be a winner. Americans, that's who we have right now. Yeah, that's who we have right now. And why would I trade him this winner? Why would I trade him, this man with a positive mental attitude who wants to put America first? Why would I trade him for someone who has a bleak, low, slow outlook on who we are and why we are Americans, who we are as Americans and why we are Americans. Why would I trade him for someone like them? Now, keep in mind what I told you. Keep in mind what I mentioned to you. You heard it here first on the C.L. Bryant show. Mario Cuomo was uh, and was uh, and everybody is pretty common knowledge looking at 2020 to run for the presidency of the United States. His father, um, very brilliant man, Mario Cuomo, uh, Andrew Cuomo, I'm saying. Mario Cuomo, his father, Andrew Cuomo's father, Mario, was a brilliant, brilliant man. One of the best orators that has ever come down the pike, period. And, and neither of his sons really have his skills as an orator, uh, nor do they have his um, brain, his steadfast brain. Yeah, Mario Cuomo was brilliant, brilliant man. Liberal though he was in his day, Cuomo would be a moderate now. And Cuomo, Cuomo would be a moderate Republican. <laughs> now, but his sons are still crazy. Uh, Andrew, total nut, uh, governor of New York, privileged, you know, kid, was governor's kid, prince of the city type guy. His younger brother, Chris, same way, prince of the city type guy. Entitled, feels entitled. You know, this is Mario Cuomo's son. He's the prince of the city. You know, prince of the state. <laughs> so there you have it. Cuomo now with the exposure that he is getting because of Corona, this Corona thing, because of the exposure he's getting because of that. Cuomo come convention time and I'm doing a real talk on it. And um, I certainly 
Um, want you to check that out here in a couple of days. Got a new Real, Real Talk coming out, uh, two or three new Real Talks coming out. You want to check them out. And um, this is the thing. Cuomo, being the governor of uh, the state that has the most densely populated city in the United States uh, contained in it, New York City, he has a bully pulpit. And what is transpiring now is the fact that Democrats have an opportunity to actually see what tools may be still on the shelf that they haven't used. And Cuomo, when you stack him up against Biden and Blaney, both from his neck of the woods, by the way, the East Coast, if I were a Democrat, if I were still, and and, hey, I've been one, I've been a Democrat, I've been a liberal, been all of that. I've seen both sides of the street. If I was a Democrat, still a Democrat, if I was still uh, promoting that liberal cause that I really should have never uh, promoted uh, to begin with, but I was young and I was idealistic. But if I was still doing that, I would definitely be looking at someone like Cuomo. Definitely. No doubt about it. Definitely. Be looking at somebody like Cuomo. And I have a feeling that what has happened now is that Democrats have had a chance to see that there are still a couple of tools on the shelf that we have not used. We have not tried. We don't see if they, we don't know if they work, but we need to see if they work. And Andrew Cuomo is um, one of those tools that they're going to have to see if he will work. And I think convention time, you're hearing it first right here. I think come convention time, you're going to see a lean towards someone like Cuomo as far as a draft is concerned. I don't think that we're going to wind up seeing Biden or Blaney running against Donald John Trump. I think the Democrats are certainly in crisis mode. Certainly in crisis mode, especially after that debate a few nights ago, uh, one that I'm calling Night of the Living Political Dead. (laughs) Yeah, especially after that. They're in crisis mode. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. I'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. And I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with me as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the CL Bryant Show daily, 12.05 until 2 p.m. in the East, And if you don't get both hours of the show, be sure to download free the C.L. Bryant show and um, this um, thing that we're facing here. And I know I know that it's the only thing that uh, we're seeing on uh, our news cycles and so forth. But, uh, of course, you have primaries that have gone on and going on and will be going on that uh, this is creating chaos for. Uh, the Tuesday primary that um, Democrats uh, were going to have in Ohio, of course, that's been scrapped. Um, some Florida poll workers um, uh, won't show, don't show. They don't show up. They didn't show up. Uh, the Democrats um uh, presidential primary is consumed. And as I was, was giving you the uh, scenario there with Mario Cuomo, or not Mario Cuomo, keep, of course, you know, Mario, he overshadows any one of his sons. It's even from the grave, he overshadows either one of his sons. Uh, yeah, of course, Mario's uh, enjoying the joys of um, the other life now. Uh, but they're the party, the Democrat party is just consumed with uncertainty after leaders in Ohio called off Tuesday's election uh, just hours before polls were set to open. Yeah, they're citing uh, the need to combat the new virus, the corona. Yeah, even officials in Florida, Arizona, Illinois said they would move forward uh, uh, with vote with the vote. But by early Tuesday morning. That's what they faced. The virus was hurting people's efforts to get to the polls. I guess there are some people who didn't want to get out and about. They would like to go vote, but they are afraid to. And that's the new thing that's happening in this country. And what we're trying to prevent, and what the president is so desperately trying to prevent, is for this to become a new normal for us. Huh? But, you know, my uh, producer, Michelle, she was pointing out to me that some years ago, uh, I think it was Zuckerberg, I'm not sure, was talking about the new warfare, the new way warfare would be waged, uh, and uh, it's germ, viral warfare. That's why I was saying yesterday is this some kind of test run for something, huh? 
so that if we are hit, or do they know, do, do they, and what I mean by they, do, does our government know, does our administration know, uh, are the people who um, are in the know around the world, are they bracing us, are they preparing us for this to become a norm where you constantly are looking at how a virus is affecting communities and you have people who then are shut in to their homes using uh, social media to get out thought, get out work, and um, also play. They're using social media to do that. And it is amazing uh, how that is going to, if, if, if that becomes a norm, if that becomes a norm, I mean, I told you uh, just this past Sunday, I told you uh, that um, I watched uh, my pastor, who was at the church, uh, by mirroring the church service on my television on the television, Jane, and I used to do that all the time. We'd mirror uh, the church from home back in Shreveport on our television here in Colorado. We had not yet found a, a church home, right? But what if that becomes a norm where people are not gathering like they used to air, air, the airline airlines are they were taken absolutely by surprise. I mean, how, how do you all of a sudden, you know, just all of a sudden, you, you got kids, you got dogs, you got everything flying on plane. We're flying on planes, uh, you know, here. Everything was flying on an airplane. I mean, I, I had never seen so many babies and dogs. And not to equate the two. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you just didn't see that many. On You certainly didn't see dogs. You didn't see pets on planes. Uh, but, of course, you saw kids every once in a while. But here lately, you're seeing droves of them until now. The um, <laughs> the virus has driven uh, everybody seemingly underground at the airport. Did you get a look at some of the airports? at LA? Did you get a look at LAX? Hmm? You get, did you get a look at LAX? LAX was a ghost town. I've flown in there and out of there many a times. LaGuardia, ghost town. JFK, ghost town. O'Hare, same way. And and these are um, airports that I'm very familiar with. They're always, always, always busy. Always busy. Kids, puppies running around. Not anymore. How long will that go on? We certainly don't want that to be normal. And then, folks, check this out. There very well could be an after effect of relationship, on relationship, because of this virus. 
Now, of course, Jane and I were married back uh, during the AIDS um, thing. And so I wasn't worried about AIDS personally, but I had friends who were single, had daughters who were single. And I remember their apprehension in some cases, in many cases, about people dating and all that type of thing. And even though I don't think that um, this virus can be classified as something as deadly, and maybe it is, as, and maybe I don't think it's as deadly as, as AIDS. I don't think it can be put in the same category, but I do remember how apprehensive AIDS made us. AIDS made America. They made a movie about it called Philadelphia. Streets of was it Philadelphia? Yeah, Denzel Washington and Tom Hanks made a movie about it. Made a movie about how the apprehension was here in America toward AIDS patients. And even though Corona is, you know, you can you're healed of it, and you, know, you can be healed of it, and all of that. There's still this. Um, apprehension that I think we're going to have toward that sniffly, sneezy type of individual from this point on. I think we have um, gotten to a place medically in America where things are going to be a little bit different as far as the way we approach each other. The handshake and all of that uh, hugging and all that kind of thing, you're going to see people begin to back off from that. Unfortunately, I have a feeling that um, you'll even see relatives begin to back off, church members begin to back off from that. It's a sad state of affairs. But when you start talking about germ warfare, you are talking about a whole different type of animal than we have been in the past. Germ warfare leads us to talking about a whole different type of animal. And whereas you hear people saying things like, uh, well, my business will never close, my church will never close, and those type of things, it, it doesn't become a matter of ideology it becomes a matter of principle my Christian ideology would certainly say to me of course the church can never close its doors and of course the church doesn't but principally the church and its uh, the, the people that attend church are citizens of our communities. And they are people just like everyone else who, in fact, can carry disease. And so to hear someone say that, you know, uh, ideology, ideologically, that you know, my church will never close. I understand the idea, ideal, ideologue of that. I understand that. 
but I don't understand the principle because uh, the principle is to protect and look out, be the shepherd of your people. And if that means speaking to them from home and staying in contact with them in different ways to make sure that your sheep don't stray, I can understand that. I can understand that. I get that. Yeah, I get that. But what I don't get is um, encouraging people to shake hands when you know that that is dangerous in so many ways to grandma and grandpa. Th- that's that's what it boils down to. It, it has nothing to do with your your ideology as far as your faith is concerned. It has to do with you being a principled human being. Do you have the right principles in these situations to stay alive? It reminds me of the story I've told often from the pulpit. Uh, This guy was in a flood down in Louisiana, way down in Louisiana. Hurricane was coming through. And um, floodwaters were, were rising. And he had gotten up on the top of his house. And um, a boat came by. And the guy standing ankle deep in water on top of his house waved the boat off with the words... God is going to save me. So the boat goes on off and along comes um, a fellow in a bigger boat. And he says to the fellow standing on his roof in rising water, get in the boat, come to save you. Uh, He waves him off, too, with the same words. um, No, go on. God will, will save me. Water rises up to his waist, and uh, he's seeing a helicopter coming his way, hovering above. And he has prayed to God to be saved, so he waves the helicopter off with the words that he told the smaller boat and the larger boat, go on. I believe God will save me. So the helicopter takes off too. What happens to the fellow on the top of the house? He drowns. (laughs) He stands before God. Kind of ticked. Uh, Seems as though he is. Uh, He... Ask God in some of a huffy way, you know, <laughs> I was on top of that house and I was telling people, I was witnessing right down to the very end. I was telling everybody uh, not to worry about it. You was going to save me and, and I drowned. Well, I'm glad I'm here with you, but I drowned. What happened? God responds back to him and he says, well, 
I sent you two boats and a helicopter. Friends, that's exactly the way we must look at how God is working his way through this situation. He has sent us lifeline after lifeline after lifeline. And we, for whatever reason, in our ideology, being ideologues, that most of us, whether we are religious or not, most of us are ideological in our own you know, way and in our own world. We're ideological. But the ideology must not outweigh the principle and the common sense of how we live our lives on a day-to-day basis. And all of this that has to do anything with Christianity is your relationship with God and man. And you cannot say that you are a good citizen. You cannot say that you are a good Christian if you don't have a good relationship with the men and women, the people around you. And one of the things that show bad relationship is your ideology uh, ruling the principle of doing unto your neighbor as you would have them do unto you. My neighbor's sick. I don't want him coming to church. He'd be a bad neighbor coming and spreading that all through the church. And friends, that's that's all that uh, is being said to us as Christians when we're talking about not assembling ourselves at church. We're just talking about being good neighbors. Yeah. Now, I, I get it. I, I understand what you're saying as far as the nefarious things that can go on with trying to um, socially engineer a society. I, I understand that. I understand that when it comes to trying to socially engineer a society, we do have to be vigilant. We do have to be careful But the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you don't want me coming to your home with the flu, then it's the same principle when you're asked not to attend a church service. with the possibility of somebody in your family or my family being infected with this virus and you take it away from there harmlessly or innocently enough to someone who it truly hurts. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant show. Don't let the ideology get twisted amongst the principle. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die. 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day. In the USA, even in the midst of um, everything that's going on, this nation is still great. And we are um, fortunate that our stock market was uh, as strong as it was, God knew, because coronavirus has knocked out 80% of the market's gains since 2016. The strength of um, this president, partial, uh, partially the strength of this president was his stance on, or was his success with our economy. And uh, due to no fault of his own, because he certainly is not responsible for the coronavirus, but due to no fault of his own, the gains that we have made in the stock market um, have all basically gone away. 80%. has been lost of those gains since twenty. 16. Um, Now, the one thing that makes people like Bill Maher happy is to see this type of market reaction. Maher, if you will remember, said that the only thing that can beat Trump is a recession. So pray for a recession. Huh? But of course you must always be careful what you pray for. Be careful for what you wish for. Bill Maher is a very wealthy man, and I'm sure he's invested um, pretty good in certain things. And the demise of, or the, the, um, Shrinking of the stock market cannot be good news for a wealthy man who may be heavily invested. Which leads me to this. You know as well as I do that most of the time these talk show people, they're talking out the side of their neck just for effect's sake. Because there is no way on God's green earth that Bill Maher would want 
the prosperity of this Trump economy to go away. No way. No way on God's green earth would he want the prosperity to go away. You know. And so, friends, when we look at these guys who start spouting off, shooting off at the mouth about, hey, uh, the only way that we're going to beat Trump is for a rec- These guys are saying things that they really don't want to happen. Okay? Bill Maher does not want the economy to crash. And if you want to talk about hypocrisy and all of that type of thing, this actually makes those who are less fortunate than Bill look at the world in a less productive way. Instead of coming forward with shows like Bill has come forward with in order to make him more money, instead of giving others the incentive to do that by embracing the economy that was booming and saying that we hope it lasts forever, you say things like the only way to beat Trump is if we go into recession, pray for recession. Bill Maher did not mean that. He did, he did honestly mean that he did not like Trump. And he didn't want to see him be president again, which I don't understand why not, because I'm sure Bill became even wealthier under Trump than he did under Obama. <laughs> you know that they don't mean these things. Uh, they're saying things, talking out the side of their necks. But fact of the matter is, um, the coronavirus has knocked out 80% of the market's gains since 2016. However, in the same breath, the first coronavirus vaccine subject to be an amazing opportunity. Researchers in Seattle gave the first experimental coronavirus vaccine a human on human uh, volunteers Monday. And um, a study that launched, um, it, it happened in record, record speed as the Trump administration uh, sought to stem the spread of COVID-19 cases in the United States. Um, this has been absolutely amazing. Uh, the first person to be injected was a woman by the name of Jennifer uh, Holler, 43, was the first uh, healthy participant of the trial to receive the potential COVID-19 virus vaccine. And um, the trial um, to receive the potential um uh, vaccine happened at uh, Kaiser Permanente there in Washington Research Institute, Seattle. Um, Seattle has been hit hard. Harder than New York. I think Seattle's hard, the hardest hit of all the um, states, but keep this in mind. And again, I may get in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway, but I may get in trouble for saying it. But uh, that's the Pacific Rim of the United States there in Washington. What are you trying to say, CL? Are you trying to say that this virus is something that's Asian in nature? 
No, I'm just simply saying that um, that is the Pacific realm. I'm stating a fact. I don't really know if the two have any connection or not. I do know that uh, the uh, Asian population, that the the Chinese population, they're balking, they're hitting, they're, they're ticked off that even the president is mentioning that, um, the Chinese have anything to do with this virus. They, they're taking it as a total affront. Now, the president did tweet, and the Chinese were ticked off about this. Um, their foreign minister said that the U.S. president, uh, Donald Trump, tweet calling the coronavirus a Chinese virus. He says that it smears... Uh, China and said Beijing strongly opposes Trump's uses of the words that it's a Chinese virus. Uh, foreign minister, <laughs> see, if, 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 you, if you've paid attention and if you've had a chance to watch how the president does things and get an idea of how he does things, the president first goes out and brands the people, the person, the thing that he wants to bring into his purview. Okay. He goes out and he brands it first and he gives that branded thing an opportunity to protest against it, which actually strengthens the brand. (laughs) That that's, that's the genius of what Trump is able to do. It, It actually strengthens the brand. Um, the foreign minister, uh, Jing Sheng, told reporters in a daily briefing that the U.S. should first take care of its own matters. Well, this matter came from China. And we're trying to take care of it. And maybe something was lost in the translation there. Maybe he was actually trying to say something else. And somehow, um, you know, he winds up saying this, and it gets lost in the translation that we ought to take care of our own matters. But um, I don't see how they could come out a lot differently. (laughs) We're trying to take care of our matters. And what matters to us is that this thing, according to many... Our first blush. This thing came out of China. Wong came out of China. And so we're trying to take care of that. But he's saying we need to take care of our own matters first. Well, we're we're trying. We're trying very hard to take care of our own matters first. So I guess we can forget about... um, the big soiree that we had planned with trade and all that with China for now, huh? or is that still on the table? We need to know. And when I come back, I want to speak to the people of faith, more specifically about um, this virus that we or that this this coronavirus, this thing that we're in, I want to speak to people of faith as well. 
because this is a global opportunity for people of faith, for Christians to let their light shine. Uh, The entire Bay Area is almost total shutdown. That can happen in a city near you. And so I don't know if that gives them opportunity to clean up the feces off the street or not. But you do know that can happen. That can come to a city near you. The same type of breakdown, the same type of thing that's going on in San Francisco can come and happen at in a city near you. And that's all we're trying to prevent is the total collapse of our society, which in many places had already begun and was well on the way to being a fact of life for those living in certain cities and states. California overrun with homelessness, overrun with people who are, I mean, just absolutely doo-dooing up San Francisco and Los Angeles, absolutely messing it up bad. But what is the role and what will be the role of people of faith in times to come? We'll talk about that um, when I return with more of the C.L. Bryant show right here on Red State Talk throughout the Fruited Plains. I want to thank our other uh, platforms, Loving Liberty and Liberty uh, Roundtable for having us into their families as well. God bless you. God keep you as my prayer. If you don't get both hours of the show, be sure to download free the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your favorite device. I'll be back after the top of the hour with more. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boys Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the Fruited Plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us daily as we build the bridge uh, to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Um, uh, the times, they are the cha- they are changing, but yet they are remaining so, so much uh, the same. There is no question about it. Times, they are changing, but they're remaining the same. Still fighting the same type of hypocrisy from um, ideologues that we have been fighting for such a long time. And it is... Um, sad sometimes when you're not able as uh, a person who is all of us are ideological in our own way we may not be people who express our ideology may not even know that we are ideologically uh, ideological ideological we may not know that about ourselves but you are sure you are that's why you um just you choose a neighborhood that you want to live in or or, or, or even a, a shirt that you want to wear or something of that nature. You're promoting or uh, strengthening a particular ideology that you have about yourself. And your clothes make a statement. Uh, even if you are uh, homeless, uh, you have a choice of whether or not you accept uh, clothes, gifts, food, whatever that's given to you or not. That's based on your ideology, your homeless ideology. There's codes among everything and everybody. There's no question about that. There's codes among everything and everybody. And what we're seeing now in America, what we're seeing emerge in America is a uh, code that is... Um, Emerging, and uh, that code is tribal in nature. Now, um, we may be divisive by design, really, in this country over skin color and all that kind of thing. But I tell you something: I, I see, I do see a silver lining in this. If uh, the Marxist socialists who would want to divide us. They're the ones who want to divide us. Uh, I see a silver lining in this. If in fact, um, it is not totally destroyed by those who are Marxist and socialist in this country, like Bernie Sanders, Ocasio-Cortez and the Democrat party. And that is, we have going on continually a situation now in America where it 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 all you wake up you look out your window you go outside if you get in your car you go somewhere you drive down the street whatever you're in a mode of surviving as an individual surviving as a family a city what happens if this comes to my city? What happens if this happens in my family? What happens if this happens to me? 
So it brings us more into focus as individuals who are citizens of a community. On a larger scale, it brings us into focus uh, of being a national, a nation that is faced with a problem. And we face it that way. It, it, it takes the color out of it, doesn't it? Huh? It does. It takes the color out of the situation, doesn't it? When you're faced with that one thing that has no respect for color or station in life. And that's what America was intended to be a nation um, created for. Although our humanity gets in the way, and it always does. Humanity gets in the way of a lot of things. Sure it does. It got in the way of America being the ideal that it was intended to be because humanity gets in the way of those things. But viruses eliminate that type of foolishness, don't it? Don't they? Bombs, when you take down Twin Towers, that eliminates that kind of foolishness, doesn't it? Because it had nothing to do with, had nothing to do with race, did it? Huh? takes that totally out of the equation. It has to do with people attacking your set of principles. We have many different ideologies in America, but we do have a common set of principles. And one of them does indeed hinge upon what we have come to know as the words of Jesus Christ. The golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the neighbor is different than you are. And he has corona. Well, you, what do you, what would you do for yourself? Well, you protect yourself against being a carrier or a spreader of it. And that's all that's being asked. When we talk about not gathering together, it, my, my goodness, it rains on the just, my friends, and the unjust. Their garden is watered, too. And the same blight that affects my garden can affect yours or theirs. We need to keep that in mind because we lose sight of that often. So, you Christians out there, um, many times, yes, let me... Uh, be the first to let this cat out of the bag because uh, it's one that really shouldn't be in in a bag. It should be common knowledge that even though Christian people should live and do live victorious lives in the spirit that 
we have that connects us directly with our God through Jesus Christ. The risen Savior is, as I believe, of the, the entire world. If only you would receive him. But when we look at um, living that in the spirit victoriously, I want the rest of the world to understand that Christians live in the flesh, live in their skins, live in this physical world as well. The only thing that we believe and the only way that we have overcome the same things that you struggle with daily is not necessarily in a physical way, but in a spiritual way, we have transcended it and it gives us peace in the midst of uh, a need or a desire to have despair. It gives us peace. Yes, we can get coronavirus just like everyone else can. But the peace that we have is that uh, God is with us. Even in, through, with, around, over the coronavirus, the peace that we have, the joy that we have, and that's the joy that I have uh, in my life right now, the passing of my wife, the only thing that's causing me to maintain my sanity is the joy and the peace that I have through my faith. And that's something that um, we're, we're seeing happen in the midst of this despair that's going on. Max Lucado, and I've read a lot of Lucado, uh, Lucado's books. Um, Pastor Max Lucado on uh, Newsmax TV, he urged Americans to heed warnings against large gatherings, but to stay connected and keep each other encouraged and built up. That makes sense, doesn't it? That's doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's following a principle that should not be shaken in loving thy neighbor as yourself, his children, his mother, his grandparents, as you would love your own. Um, Lucado said, this just gives us an opportunity to get creative with our faith. And I, I, I'm absolutely in uh, agreement with that. Because we, we're going to have to become more creative with our faith. And this will help us avoid despair. There's no question about that. Um, fortunately, we live in a day and age, um, an opportunity to talk to somebody just via the Internet, computers. Uh, we'll find ways to keep each other encouraged and we'll find ways to keep each other built up. I think what's important is just avoid despair. We keep praying, we keep trusting, and God's going to create a way for us to stay connected, and he will. <clears throat> I absolutely believe that. 
And it's also for, for you who are Christians, like I am, to expand upon helping people understand that you are in this world, but not necessarily of it, which means that there are things in this world that, yes, do affect your pocketbook. It affects, uh, yes, your child and their schools. It affects you at the gas pump and at the uh, grocery store, just like it affects everyone else. But, however, you live in through the challenge already knowing that you are victorious. And friends, I, I tell you what, I, I just could not live my life any other way than to spend it every day with Jesus because it's sweeter than the day before. <laughs> oh yeah, first song I ever learned. Every day with Jesus, sweeter than the day before. But, but friends, this is an opportunity here for us as Americans to know each other better. Regardless of our differences, this is something we all have in common. And regardless of what we may believe sets us apart and keeps us apart, regardless of that, oddly enough, this virus is something we all have in common. It can affect all of us and our families in the same way. You may just get a little old, you know, something resembling a common cold from this if you get a coronavirus, but it'll kill your grandmother. It'll kill your grandparents. It'll kill your aunt. It'll kill the old guy next door. That's the problem. Yeah, the old guy next door most likely has the flu shot. But he doesn't have the coronavirus shot. And he's 65 and older. It'll kill him. Could, if he's not healthy. It could kill your cousin who uh, is a chronic asthmatic. It could kill him or her. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Stay encouraged is the battle cry and encourage others. As you go along, avoid as Lakato Max Lakato uh, gives instruction here. Uh, avoid despair, and that's one of the things I honestly try to do in my life: is stay away from stinking, thinking, negative people. Zig Ziglar, mentor of mine, um, stay away from stinking, thinking, negative people. Because they create despair and thoughts of despair. Stay away from that. Avoid people who are seemingly in despair. 
also, my friends, uh, when we think about um, the opportunities that this opens up for us as Americans to understand what it means America first. I think we I think the opportunity is golden. I think it's absolutely golden. Our young people have forgotten and maybe they never have known what it is to consider America first, your homeland first. But this is a teachable moment where we can help people, all of us as citizens, realize that at this moment in time, this place founded on Judeo-Christian ethics and principle, uh, we should try and preserve it first. Oh, absolutely. Now, the White House, and we're going to talk about this in the next segment, is seeking $850 billion in an economic stimulus for virus response. And I want to go through with you what is available to you and what is coming available to you if you happen to be affected by Corona. And again, we're seeing things happen in record speed. It's almost, I think, tomorrow will be 60 days that we first heard of this somewhere in America, I think. I think it's 60 days that we first heard of this. And here, 60 days later, um, we've had deaths, but it's not as bad as it could have been if the president had not reacted in the way he did react to closing our doors to those who might be coming from the region of the world where this was spawning. And, of course, the Chinese are mad at him for saying such a thing. I'm CL. This is CL Bryant Show. We'll be back with more in just a couple of minutes. Don't you go anywhere. Be right back. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Lifted high, our hearts are bowing. In. 
CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank all of you for coming along with us as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the CL Bryant show. I am CL Bryant. And um, I was saying to you when we left that uh, there is um, a, a push from the White House um, in seeking $850 billion in dollars in economic stimulus for virus response. Now, uh, this is where that is. The White House uh, was asking, is asking Congress on, on Tuesday to, um, this past year, to approve a sweeping emergency stimulus package to help businesses and taxpayers cope with the economic fallout of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, It's the most far-reaching economic rescue package since the Great Recession of 2008. Now, Treasury Secretary... Uh, Stephen Mnuchin it, it planned to outline uh, the roughly $850 billion package to um, Senate Republicans at a private lunch with officials aiming to have Congress approve it this week. So it, we're looking at what would it do now? You know, what, what does this do? Uh, the Senate will not adjourn until we have passed a significant and bold new steps above and beyond what the House has passed to help our strong nation and our strong underlying economy weather this storm. That's Mitch McConnell. McConnell's wanting very swift action on this. Now, bigger than the 2008 bank bailout or the 2009 Recovery Act, the White House proposal aims to provide a massive tax cut for wage earners, $50 billion for the airline industry, and relief for small business. Now, uh, put a pin right there because Nancy Pelosi tried to uh, put into this bill as well uh, abortion funding. And she was called out for it, and I think that got shot down. Got to make sure that did, because, uh, you know, you slip, slip the viper in with this. I mean, you, you're, you're only, only hurting ourselves. Okay? Now, the White House hopes the pressure will, uh, the measure, this measure will pass quickly possibly this week, an enormous political undertaking. It is. And um, as the administration is scrambling to contain the economic fallout of the uh, severe disruption of the American life from this outbreak, and and folks, that's what's happened. Uh, There has been a severe disruption of our life and lifestyle, American life and lifestyle, there has been a severe disruption of that due to this outbreak. 
And, of course, as I was saying to you a couple of days ago, that, uh, hey, it is also amazing to think about how easily we are maneuvered into various positions that government wants us to be in. This one I do believe by necessity, and I'm uh, glad that we are able to see uh, the importance of protecting our loved ones, ourselves and our loved ones against this. I also am, uh, am able to see how easily it is to maneuver us and how to position us in, in places and in, in ways that, um, you know, we may not just ordinarily think are easy to put us into, a position to put us into. But do you, do you, do you see the position that you're in right now, Americans? Huh? Do you see the position that you're in? You no longer call the shot. Not really. You can do what you want. Yeah, you can. But now if you are labeled a person who becomes a a menace to society, there's something that we have to do for you and do with you as well. That's the position you're in. And so the narrative, the, the, the definition of terms is not necessarily yours. You're going along with them. You're co-signing them. Pardon me, but we're co- you're co-signing those those definitions for the way you live your American life right now. But the, the definitions of those terms are not necessarily yours. You're going along with them. Okay, uh, stay off the roads. Those are not your terms, but you're going along with them. Whoever's defining them, we're going along with whoever's defining those terms for you. Yeah. And that's the way society works. You make decisions on whose terms you agree with or maybe closest to yours. And not spreading this, staying healthy and keeping people alive is very close to my philosophy on life. Staying alive myself. That's that's very close to my philosophy on life. And so when uh, the government says, hey, uh, we need to not uh, infect people, we need to protect ourselves, protect our families, protect the elderly. Uh, And uh, you really get me when you uh, start saying, you know, protect the uh, greatest generation, those that are still alive and the children of the greatest generation. Hey, I'm all in. I'm all in. into doing that. And I do believe it's a way of teaching a bit of Americana. So, uh, avoid people who will bring you down. I guess uh, if we were to paraphrase and put into a nutshell what uh, Max Lucado is saying, avoid uh, that. And, of course, um, the president, it's White House is seeking a stimulus package bigger than the one that uh, launched the Tea Party. I had to throw that in there because uh, there's going to be rumblings. But this stimulus package at a different time is bigger than the one that launched the outrage of the Tea Party. But now we're going to have our critics 
uh, I'm, I've been a tea party. I was proud to be a tea partier then. I'm proud to be a tea partier now. People are going to say, how come y'all are not, you know, raising hell about this? And I'm going to do a whole show on that because, pardon me, pardon me. Um, the times are, they have, they are changing from a time where, um, we were actually being reckless with our money and our spending to a time where it is necessary to preserve who we are. You see, the businesses that Trump, uh, not Trump, that uh, Bush and Obama and McCain signed on to bail out. McCain, too. Uh, Obama and McCain were running for president. And if you will recall, George W. Bush Walker, uh, George uh, uh, Walker W., he called them into the White House to sign on to uh, the um, stimulus. And they both did which meant that whoever became president between Obama or McCain, they would have to uphold the Bush doctrine because they signed on to it. And they did. And it was just not and see this is where many people misunderstand the founding or the, the, um, the kickoff of the tea party. It wasn't just, uh, it wasn't had really nothing to do with Obama or him being the first black president or anything like that it had nothing to do with it. It had to do with him having signed on to that stimulus package, knowing that he was obligated to uphold what George W., what W. had put into motion. And folks, if I can tell you, and you may not believe it, um, you know, that's okay. You don't have to believe it. But if McCain had become president, the Tea Party was still been just as vir- uh, uh, loud, had been just as virile, had been just as loud and potent. Oh, yeah. In fact, if McCain had become president and uh, had asked for this kind of money, we may have actually been more vocal than we were against Obama. That's the reality of it. Because it was never about Obama's race or uh, it was about his policy that he was upholding that actually begun with George W. Bush, who's far from being the first black president of the United States. Never did understand the social, the media, social media, the news media never did give the Tea Party an even break on that. It was never about Obama. It was about policy. And if McCain had become president, he may have uh, suffered even greater um, affront to him than Obama did because he was Republican. What is happening to the Democrat Party now could be happening to the Republican Party if McCain had become president of the United States.
Yeah. Because um, the Tea Party would not have sat still for the antics of John McCain, who, um, what do you call the Tea Party's loony birds or something like that? You know. The same thing that's happening in the Democrat Party as far as revolution is concerned could actually be happening uh, in a different way than it is because Donald Trump definitely has bought, uh, brought um, revolution in his own way to the Republican Party. In fact, you could actually call this a Trump revolution. What we're seeing happening in our nation, you could call it a Trump revolution. Easily call it a Trump revolution. Because things have changed in the Republican Party. Things have changed in the way politics is done, period. Things have changed. Oh, yeah. They have changed. And you can call it the Trump revolution. Because I do believe that's what has changed it. And so um, when we... As as we as we press forward, when we press forward, as we begin to press forward, let's look at um, the new proposal is beyond the House's estimated 100 billion aid package of sick day pay, emergency food aid and free virus testing that was approved over the weekend and is pending before the Senate. Now, um, we've got plenty of work to do. We've got a lot to work work to do. Mnuchin, Steve Mnuchin um, has talked about and is talking about and now Congress will be rushing to pass to a massive sweeping response to the virus outbreak that is rewriting American way of life. Yeah. And um, we are looking at the Congress and the White House at a pivotal, pivotal moment in the crisis and in an election year. And friends, I think sometimes maybe we do lose sight of how this may affect the election because um, 60 days, two more months, uh, maybe before we began to actually talk about all clear unless, you know, something God uh, comes and heals our land. And he can, he will. We're praying that he will. That's always our prayer. But I do believe also that there is something that we must learn from this. Oh, yeah, this this is, is happening, not just uh, for, you know, Try long, so just calls, you know. No, this is happening for a purpose. We're to learn something from this. And one thing I think we ought to learn is that if this becomes the norm, if virus attacks, become the norm, then you know one thing, it is not something that is that you can ignore. 
as far as the orchestration of it is concerned. Yeah. Who is orchestrating if this becomes the norm? We have to ask who then is orchestrating this. There's no doubt about why. But it's always interesting to know who. Why usually works itself out. Who is always interesting. It has altered American life. I was thinking about going out and getting maybe a chicken sandwich of some sort from a fast food place. I'm, I've been eating in uh, here myself the last couple of days, and I was just thinking about that. But you know, the main thing that was behind my, that was in the back of my head, and the paranoia that I can know without a doubt is setting in not only to me, but also to you and other Americans is who's handling my food. This is opening up uh, thoughts, ideas that we just brushed off, never really took seriously. It was like dropping your cookie on the floor, pick it up, blow on it, go ahead and eat it, as long as you did it within five seconds. (laughs) that's the way you thought about going out getting fast food you know anything can happen but me that's why I thank God for my food and I ask him to bless it before I eat it (laughs) because through the years only he knows what we have borne as far as fast food is concerned. But I decided not to because like you, like everybody else, I'll wait and see what happens next. Home stretch, CL Bryant show. I'll be back. Don't you go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. So you Changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. Do the best I can Oh 
CL back with you on this great day in the USA from sea to shining sea across the globe. The CL Bryant show is being broadcast. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation daily, 1205 until 2 p.m. in the East every day, right here on my flagship station, our flagship station, Red State Talk Radio, uh, the largest talk platform in uh, the nation, most listened to as well. And I want to thank Loving Liberty and also um, Liberty Roundtable for inviting us into their families as well. Home stretch now of the C.L. Bryant show. And um, it looks like we are going to see something much, well, larger, larger than tarp. Um, Pass both the House and the Senate um, here pretty soon. And um, it was put together, tarp was by George W. Bush but and his administration, and it provided money for the auto industry bailouts. You know, General Motors, Chrysler, and um, all of that money for the banks and the auto companies was paid back. All of that money was paid back. Um... But right now, friends, we don't know, Uh, especially since this is something humane, we don't know who to look to, and that's going to be the question that's going to be asked, as far as this money is being spent, I mean, this has to be emergency funds that is not expected to be paid back that, of course, we contribute to, that is contributed to yearly because of emergencies that can happen like is happening. I don't think this money is going to be paid back. And, of course, the people who are we bailing out? We're bailing out ourselves. We're bailing out us. And so, my fellow Americans, there's a scramble. In fact, it's a global scramble underway for life-saving ventilators. Because, as I was saying, this virus, this disease, has no, shows no respect of Persons, do you hear me? Um, Edris Alba, Tom Hanks, and his wife came down with coronavirus. And the bad thing about this is there's so many other people who have it. You may have it. You may have it right now. You may have it. 
there are so many people who do have it who will not be tested because it is not severe enough to them to see a doctor. They have felt much worse than they feel right now. But the problem is they're not staying home. They have it, but they don't know they have it just because they don't feel real bad. It's not, it's not something unless you are in that uh, red target area. Someone who has an existing illness uh, or someone who is elderly and, and not well. Unless you're in that target area, you're not going to know you have anything. Now, what's going to happen since, of course, I've said that uh, every little twinge or neck ache or um, possibility of dry throat or sore throat or whatever, you're going to be looking for that now. Don't become a hypochondriac behind this, but understand you may have it. That's the worst part about all of this. Is that you don't know that you don't know. You don't know what you have and don't have. So. Self-isolate because it makes sense. And there is no more hard head tea party uh, grassroots libertarian leaning individual out there than I am hurting the groups of people that I am associated with like hurting cats. You cannot do it. Oh, somebody going up the tree. Uh, Somebody's going down into the uh, manhole. Uh, They're there's one there is going under the house. Some have run into the house. They're running out of the house. It's like herding cats. Not that fond of cats personally. I'm not against people who are fond of cats. I'm just not fond of them. My daddy was not fond of them, and I'm not sure. I can't remember whether my granddaddy was fond of cats or not. I never saw any on the place, so I will um, Mark that down as a no vote to cats. So I'm from at least three generation of men who did not like cats. Um, but I mean, hey, if you like them, that's cool. I just don't care for them. But hurting cats is what it's like when it comes to grassroots libertarian like types like me and I get it as far as people not wanting to be told how to act and what to do um, with their lives and all that kind of thing but I must reiterate to each and every one of you that this is not really about you It's about your relationship to your fellow man. 
That's what this is about. This is not about you. It is about your relationship to your fellow man. So, my friends and um, those of you who listen to the show daily, I want to drive that home. That it is about loving your neighbor. And that's something you choose to do as you do yourself. That creates, no, not a utopian world, because sometimes you will treat yourself bad. But it creates a world of uh, willing uh, cooperation of people who are wanting to cooperate with one another, at least on the principle that I'm not going to try and harm you unless I have lost my mind. Because in the, the, the truth of the matter is that's the only time people actually harm themselves is when they have lost touch with themselves and the reality, mental reality. They've lost their minds. They hurt themselves. So there's no guarantee that, uh, you know, you're not going to get hurt. But chances are you won't if I treat and treat my neighbor as I would myself. I love my neighbor as I love myself. And so we're being called upon during this coronavirus era because it will be one. It will change the way we approach one another from this point on. You watch and see. From this point on, it will change the way we approach each other. And that means something to people like me who are uh, touchers. I'm a toucher. I'm a hugger. You know, I'm, I'm that type of person. I like doing that. It's, uh, it's me. That's who I am. Um, that alters that alters your style because you want to continue doing what you're doing and if we enter an era of uh, germ warfare virus warfare that will alter the way you uh, approach other people approach um, people you're normally very touchy with as I said I'm a toucher I like to touch people yeah, you know, hug people. I like that part of who I am. But that is currently being altered for me. And I am saying that it makes sense for me to go along with that because... I do love my neighbor as myself. And to leave it on a light note, I don't know if I slept strange or what, but um, there's a new paranoia that I'm sensing sweeping all of us 
But of course, I have this somewhat of a crick in my neck, right? (laughs) What's the nagging thought that I'm having? Oh, my. (laughs) But no, I'm thinking that it's just a muscle pull. But the nagging thought, maybe it's not. So, I'll report in to you as to what I'm thinking this time tomorrow. And you all, you take care of yourselves, but I certainly hope that you don't become hypochondriacs behind this. Help is on the way. And believe this, it's not in scripture, but believe this. Um, I believe that God helps those who attempt to help themselves. That's not in scripture, but it appears that it could be the truth. I want to thank him. I want to thank God for bringing us to a close of yet another day. I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL and may God bless and keep you all. Mm-hmm.